It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us on a bright, sunny Wednesday day. Scott in here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, Susan Littlefield, all here with you today as we uh, begin to talk about the next couple hours and a uh, lot, lot going on. We're joined by Susan Littlefield, first of all, and uh, good morning to you, Susan. Good morning. Send the sun my way, would you? You still aren't getting, you know, this happened yesterday, too. I don't know. I know. You, what, is, what is happening in that area? Oh, it's coming. It's on its way. Good. I, That's I'm, what you said. Yeah. Did That's you, what you said yesterday, and it finally did arrive. Okay. So I'm telling you, I'm looking at a map right now. It's moments away. <laughs> Good, because it's foggy here. <laughs> You've got a great story about 4-H extension. Oh, you know, it is absolutely amazing. Kids are home, and especially if you've got a child that's very much a classroom, other students learning type of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. 4-H is just doing some amazing things with their extension educators. So Shaley goes into some details on their new online learning programs for youth of all ages. That includes you, Scott. You could do this as well. So you'll find out more about that at 1219. At 1245, Governor Ricketts joins me as we talk about Nebraska agriculture, the impact that they're having on the economy, the world, and, of course, how all COVID-19 is factoring in as well. And then at 117, due to the ongoing pandemic, Nebraska Extension has canceled all their in-person training. And we've talked about this before. We're going to reiterate it once again. This includes chemigation and pesticide applicator training. We're going to learn more about how you can get that done so you're not caught behind the eight ball when planting arrives. All right, very good. Well, thank you for calling me youth. Uh, I do appreciate that, Susan. It means a lot. Hey, no problem. <laughs> All right. Bob's a, good a different story. Yeah, Bob. <laughs> there's no help for Bob. He's And he's he's agreeing he quietly back over there. Thank you, Susan. Does <laughs> thank she, you. Does she know that you are older than she is? Oh, I, I think she probably <laughs> knows this. But she's I considering do. herself youth. Also, we're all youth. So that's yes. good. Thank you, Susan. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate you well, bringing that up. That was know, nice I mean, of you. We don't want to be, you know, accused of fake news around here. So <laughs> just getting the facts out there. Yes, 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 yes. In this room, I am uh, right there with Bob. So anyway, Bob's not playing in this game at all. So we'll get to him in a little bit. Scott Frost came out and talked yesterday a little bit about that. Yeah, he did. He was on uh, Sports Nightly last night. Of course, we had the show on 880-KRVN, and uh, he'll talk a little bit about how Nebraska is handling things. Uh, if you think uh, not being able to see the spring game was tough as a fan, it was tough for him, too, in the program. So we'll get his uh, thoughts on that. Also, some uh, coaching news being made across the landscape uh, this week. So, all of that and much more is coming up in sports. All right. Thank you, Jason. We turn over to Bob and stocks up uh, about, well, they're bouncing all over the place, up 700 points right now. Apparently, there's some optimism out there today. And so, uh, things are just kind of riding on the tails of that. Uh, the White House and Senate, uh, Senate leaders of both political parties have reached an agreement on a coronavirus aid package. Uh, in the meantime, uh, stock indexes mixed in uh, trading today. Uh, orders to U.S. factories for big-ticket manufactured goods rose by a solid amount in February, but, of course, that was before the coronavirus, so before and after. All right. Thank you very much. That's all coming up on Midday.
Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news, and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. COVID-19 coverage is brought to you by COZAD Community Health. It's time for us to check in on our weather and just a postcard sort of day here so far today. Going to be, of course, it's going to get windy, but you know, as you and I talk about. It's March and in Nebraska, so there's your, uh, what are the odds? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I still say uh, the thing about spring is in the end, you get about three really nice days, (laughs) and then there's issues. But this is a pretty good day, but it's going to fall apart here in a little bit. Exactly. We do have some cooler air on the way. Better enjoy it today. Still some cloud cover being rather persistent into central and east areas of Nebraska and Kansas. Uh, mainly central and east areas of Nebraska on into northeast Kansas. Still those clouds hanging tough from along and east of a line from O'Neill down to Grand Island, down to Fairbury and Marysville, Kansas. But otherwise, a lot of areas enjoying a lot of sunshine. Most of the temperatures in Nebraska in the mid to upper 50s right now, already up to 61 in Holdridge and 62 in the Hebron area. Then those temperatures mostly in the low and mid-60s as you head to northeast Colorado on into northern Kansas, including as warm as 66 at Holyoke. In behind some cool air to the northwest, though, we do have temperatures in the mid to upper 30s in Chadron and Gordon right now and much of the Nebraska Panhandle in the 40s. And breezy westerly downslope winds and sunshine today just ahead of a cold front will warm our temperatures up to nearly 20 degrees above normal. The stronger winds and dry air prompting a red flag warning to be issued for southwest Nebraska into northwest and north central Kansas for high fire danger. And once again, that is this afternoon for those areas. Cloud cover increases for tonight with winds switching to the north in behind that cold front. Some light rain or a wintry mix will continue to be possible in in western and northern areas of Nebraska for today all the way through tomorrow. Rain and some snow chances, though, start to increase region-wide for tomorrow night into Friday with the approach of a developing area of low pressure, a system that does bear some watching. Luckily, it's not going to have a lot of cold air with our area to work with so mainly rain is expected just a little bit of snow expected with that lows passage friday night through saturday will be the likely chance with rain maybe some snow mixed in with that region wide temperatures will cool to about five to ten degrees below normal as we head towards tomorrow through saturday the warmer and mainly dry weather is back for sunday and early next week with a ridge of high pressure we are watching a storm that will pass expected right now well to our south but we will be watched just in case it does show some northward movement for, for the time being it looks to say well to our south in the long-term forecast the chances remain good for above normal temperatures in nebraska and kansas monday through april 7th the long-term forecast though has kind of backed off on that outlook so don't be surprised if there's some changes. There is a slight change in the precip forecast with mainly near-normal precipitation Sunday through the 7th for Nebraska and Kansas. The soil temperatures at 7 this morning and 4 inches down as low as the upper 30s along and west of a line from O'Neill to Ord, North Platte, and Imperial. Other soil temperatures in Nebraska in the low 40s. Kansas soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Market impacting weather factors include a warmer and drier trend in the central U.S. 10-day forecast and mostly dry conditions in both Brazil and Argentina. By, by late Friday, a significant spring storm will intensify across the central plains. 
late week and weekend precipitation could total one to three inches or more across large sections of the Midwest and Northeast. Accumulating snow may occur from Northeast Colorado into parts of the Upper Great Lakes. The Midwest will be a bit drier for next week. The precipitation this weekend and another system in the middle of next week expected to be on the light to moderate side. That will offer some easing of very wet soil moisture conditions. Most of Brazil's crop areas have below normal precipitation in the forecast over the next five days. Crop stress is likely, especially in southern Brazil, where the dryness has been the strongest. Rio Grande do Sul in southern Brazil now estimated to produce its lowest soybean crop in the past four years. Argentina has scattered rain in the forecast through the end of the week. Some moderate amounts expected over central Argentina, which will help the late-filling corn and soybeans. Other areas of Argentina will come under stress due to limited precipitation and very warm to hot conditions. The rain pattern expected to remain scattered through the weekend. All right. Well, you you talked a little bit there about soil temperatures. You certainly have seen a, the lawns and the yards are yeah. greening up, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, pastures wow. and everything just pastures. looking greener and greener. And, yeah, the soil temperature is improving for today, but probably not the case over the yeah. next few days. And they're about done here yeah, for a little exactly while. For a while. All right. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. If you haven't visited the Agri-Virtual Trade Show at krvn.com, it's not too late. The vendor booths have extended their hours, and each vendor booth has videos that feature the latest in technology, equipment, services, and employment opportunities. And you can still get your name in the registration to win a $600 go light. You can register in each booth, and the more booths you visit, the more chances you have to win. Check out the Agri-Virtual Trade Show today. From the office, the pickup, or the cab of your tractor, you can find it at krvn.com. Celebrating the contributions of the American farmer and rancher. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Agriculture provides nearly everything we eat, use, and wear on a day-to-day basis. Today we celebrate Nebraska's number one industry as we observe National Agriculture Day. Nebraska Department of Agriculture Director Steve Wellman joins us to discuss the ways that you can celebrate. Yeah, so happy Agriculture uh, Week and happy Agriculture Day today on Tuesday. We, uh, the Department of Agriculture, we have some social media uh, going on with some daily trivia and questions and giveaways. So certainly ask uh, anybody that's interested to uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter and we even started up on the Instagram scene this week in in uh, an additional effort for National Agriculture Week. So check us out on social media, look at uh, the questions and trivia and see how you fare. National Ag Day feels a bit different this year for obvious reasons. Director Wellman discusses the Nebraska Department of Agriculture response to the outbreak of COVID-19. First of all, the Nebraska Department of Agriculture has uh, implemented our continuity plan. We started that about a week ago, and for now it's in place until March 31st. Of course, um, that can change at any point depending upon what our needs are. Uh, try to be very clear to our staff, you know, take care of yourself first, be healthy, take care of your family. Everybody's in uh, probably a different situation at home with maybe kids that, that aren't in school or daycare and that type of thing. So first uh, focus on that, take care of each other, and then also uh, work for our taxpayers in the state of Nebraska. We have certain segments of our regulatory duties that, that we consider critical to the continuation of agriculture 
either production, transportation, or processing. So those uh, those are our main focus now, and some of the other areas have been uh, we have staff working from home, working remotely. Which of course a lot of our inspectors and those types of people, uh, about half of our team normally works from home anyway across the state of Nebraska. So to them, it, it's similar to what they normally do, although the inspections and some of that has changed. The timing of the latest challenge falls about exactly a year after we experienced widespread flooding that devastated infrastructure, farms, and some livelihoods. So as I look back, it was on it was March 17th of 2019 when I got a call from the governor's office that they needed information from agriculture to as to an estimation of the damage uh, that agriculture had from the flooding and the blizzards so that we could submit a request to the president for disaster uh, response. You know, there's a lot that went into all that. I, I really want to thank the farmer and rancher organizations. I mean, they, they are great advocates for their members and for all the producers. They uh, are a great resource for myself and the Department of Agriculture. I think we I think we work well together. So I appreciate what all the farmer and rancher organizations do, and and the general farm organizations. The team here at NDA I think stepped up and did a great job in response. And agriculture did what it always does. Uh, agriculture fought back. Our farmers and ranchers have been at this for multiple generations, right? The families have they've seen a lot, and and they continue on. That's Nebraska Department of Agriculture Director Steve Wellman from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for afternoon sports. Here's Jason Jorgensen. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, UNK Athletic Director Mark Bauer announced today that Jake Greco is the new Director of Facilities and Operations for the UNK Athletic Department. Greco replaces Manny Rice, who left UNK in February for a position at Colorado State Pueblo. Greco previously was the department's director of ticket operations. Now, he joined UNK in the summer of 2018, and besides his ticket operations duties, he assists and helped coordinate the athletic department intern staff. Well, Nebraska, just like every other sports program in the country, is trying to manage this, shut- is trying to manage this shutdown the best way they can. Huskers' spring game and the majority of spring workouts were canceled due to the coronavirus outbreak, and head coach Scott Frost says he realizes it's been a tough month for people. But it's a sacrifice we're going to have to make. Um, I certainly would want to sacrifice the spring game for the sake of the season next year. Uh, I know our, our fans are more passionate than anybody around the country, and it's a tough time not being able to go to baseball games and softball games and track meets and not being able to go to a spring game. But I know the people in Nebraska will overcome. And Frost was a guest last night on Sports Nightly in the Husker Sports Network. NU was able to work out just two times before the NCAA announced its shutdown of all activities early on this spring. Well, the U.S. Olympic swim trials won't happen in Omaha, as scheduled after the 2020 Olympics were postponed over concerns about the coronavirus. The swim trials were slated to be held at the CHI Health Center from June 21st through the 28th. Josh Todd of the Omaha Sports Commission says it's not guaranteed that the rescheduled swim trials would be in Omaha next year. Of course, it continues to be a tough spring for Omaha, who also saw the CWS be shut down due to the outbreak. 
Northern Colorado announced yesterday the addition of Shadron State College head men's basketball coach Houston Reed to its bench, naming him as an assistant coach. Reed's record at Shadron State was 22-88 and over four seasons. She was attempting to rebuild the Shadron State program. And Missouri Western men's basketball coach Sundance Wicks resigned today to join Wyoming as an assistant coach. Wick spent just two years in St. Joe. This past year, they went 18-14, and 14, which was Missouri Western's best record in 10 years. Wicks will be joining the new coaching staff, which is put together by new head coach Jeff Linder. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information, visit krvn.com. Several fire departments battled a rangeland fire on Jeffrey Road south of Brady that burned an estimated 2,000 acres of grazing land. Brady Volunteer Fire Chief Mike Gruber says his department was paged about 3.30 p.m. on Tuesday. Gruber says additional pages were sent out to several departments for mutual aid. It's really rugged terrain, and the area that was burning was part of the area that burnt in 2002. Part of it hadn't burnt during that big fire so we had a lot of heavy heavy cedar growth and uh we were actually we called in two planes which actually helped us out a lot because it was such so rugged such a rugged area and we couldn't even get trucks to part of the fire gruber says the fire started as a result of someone doing some black lines prepping for a prescribed burn mutual aid was provided by fire departments from maxwell stapleton mcpherson county wallace curtis gothenburg Sutherland, Hershey, and others. Airplanes from Broken Bow and Kearney also assisted. The North Platte Airport also assisted, allowing the airplanes to land. Gruber says the last units left the fire scene about 11 p.m. Gruber says the fire is now out, but his department planned to go around the perimeter of the burned area this morning to make sure everything is contained. Governor Pete Ricketts is urging Nebraska residents to quarantine themselves for at least two weeks if they've recently traveled any place that has seen a big outbreak of the new coronavirus, including major U.S. cities. Ricketts is issuing the new precaution as state officials try to keep the virus from spreading, but he says he won't order any tougher restrictions than those already in place. He says residents should quarantine themselves for 14 days after returning home from a hard-hit foreign country or cities such as Denver and Kansas City. One of the positive things that has come out of this pandemic is seeing schools provide lunches for kids in town while they are out of academic sessions. Dr. Todd Rhodes of Gothenburg talks about the procedure. We package the meal and then we also put... um the next day's brunch in that sack as well. So that is all, uh, it's unperishable uh, goods and and foods, so we don't have any issues there. We prepared, uh, as of yesterday, we prepared about about 205 of those sack lunches. We are delivering those to different drop-off spots here in the community. Check with the schools in your area for more information. 
and a drive through clinic has opened in Lincoln where one person in each vehicle can be tested for influenza, respiratory illnesses, and COVID-19. The testing organized by Bryan Health runs from 2 to 6 p.m. daily at Bryan Life Point. Officials say people seeking the test must have referrals from their doctors or through Bryan's Easy Visit Telehealth Service. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Breast cancer kills more than 41,000 people each year in the U.S. alone. That's unacceptable. That's why by 2026, Susan G. Komen will cut the number of breast cancer deaths in half. We'll get there by helping those who can't pay for treatments, by funding breakthroughs in research that save lives, by ensuring that all people receive the care they need. We'll get there, but only with your help. So, are you in? It's National Agriculture Week, and I had the opportunity to catch up with Governor Pete Ricketts as we talked about ag, the state of Nebraska, and unfortunately, the effects of COVID-19. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. And we talked about how vitally important Nebraska's agriculture is, not only to the state, but the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yesterday, I signed the proclamation for Ag Week here in the state of Nebraska, and of course, it's uh, National Ag Week as well. And part of that was to highlight the great work that our farmers and ranchers are do and how important they are to the overall food supply chain here in our country. We've got a very strong, you know, food supply chain here. Uh, you know, grocery stores are being restocked. Uh, there's plenty of food out there. You know, we want people to have a couple of weeks on hand, but then they can shop weekly. So uh, our farmers and ranchers are part of that. And, of course, we want to work with all the folks in those, uh, along the line there to be able to make sure that we continue to not only feed our state and our nation, but also feed the entire world. And that's part of what we talked about yesterday with Director Steve Wellman is that the Director of uh, Department of Agriculture is still out there working, doing their inspections, and making sure that the products that we produce can not only be distributed across our country, but... Uh, you know, exported around the world, which obviously brings in revenue for our farmers and ranchers, but also helps feed a growing world. And it comes as no surprise that our ag industry is considered one of those essentials right now in the times that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's nothing more basic than making sure people can get access to safe and healthy food. And Nebraska is a big part of that. We play a vital role in our state. Uh, You know, other states have gone down the line of uh, trying to show to close down businesses. We actually have not done that here in Nebraska. We're uh, working to keep all businesses open. So we haven't actually designated businesses essential versus not. But certainly if you talk about what we're doing in agriculture, this is vital for our country. Are you feeling any pressure from neighboring state governors to, to continue to rein things in? No, actually, I actually talked to a lot of our uh, uh, my colleagues around the country. And in fact, I have a call a little bit later today with uh, uh, the different uh, governors from across the country. I think all governors understand that every state's different and that, you know, the situation is in, that's going on, for example, in New York is very different from the situation that's going on in Nebraska. Uh, you know, we were very early relative to New York on putting the restrictions in place, like the 10-person rule the president announced last week, that have really slowed down the spread of the virus here in our state. And we actually put together a plan with our experts at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. You know, we've got world-leading experts that are recognized for their work in biocontainment, the only federally funded quarantine unit. And so we actually, weeks ago, put together our plan and have been implementing that plan. And we plan just to continue to work that plan. 
Uh, we know what we're going to do, when we're going to do it. We know the triggers in place. We've announced all those sort of things. And I think by setting those expectations and helping businesses understand what they'll uh, need to comply with is really going to not only help us slow the spread of the virus, but also help businesses adjust and make different accommodations so they can stay in business. As you look at what's been happening um, around the nation, and, and we know that we've got such great export opportunities, not only to neighboring states, but around the world, how are you seeing COVID-19 affect our, our global trading opportunities for agriculture? Well, when we look at countries like China, the demand is still going to be there. Uh, obviously, there's some logistics issues with regard to getting our pro products to those countries like China. So, uh, you know, that's part of our challenge. But frankly, if you think about countries like China, uh, some of our bigger trading partners like Japan, Mexico, uh, you know, these are countries that there's still going to be high demand for our products. And so, yes, there's going to be some logistics disruptions, but I think also people will adjust. People will figure out ways to be able to make it work. As I said, our Department of Agriculture is out there still doing our inspections so we can make sure we can export those. Uh, I think that what you'll see is that uh, with that continued demand, people are going to want that high-quality, safe food product that we are so great at growing here in Nebraska. I do love the fact that uh, folks are really stepping up to the plate in a variety of different ways, and I know you pushed this yesterday, and I want to reiterate the importance, if you can, to get out there and donate blood. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the blood drives that we've had around the state and the country have been disrupted by the COVID-19. The Red Cross is drastically short of blood. And of course, that demand has not dropped off. So please, if you have an opportunity, we're going to be talking about it again today. If you have an opportunity, please go out and donate blood. Uh, obviously, you know, call ahead of time, make an appointment, go through the screening. We want to make sure everybody stays healthy and safe. But uh, it is something that we are really, really in short supply of right now. So please make that effort uh, to go out and donate blood. And obviously you understand as well all the, the plights that parents are going through right now trying to learn how to homeschool their children. It gives our teachers a whole new appreciation. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Uh, you know, I, I, I know a lot of parents will be thanking their teachers even more when it comes, uh, you know, when school's back in next fall. But I think, uh, you know, one of the things also with that too is to have parents be creative as well so for example i've got a friend in omaha who she and uh, four other parents are working together to be able to rotate the kids around from each household during the day of the week make sure the kids are doing their schoolwork but that way every parent or every family only has to take one day off of work to be able to um make this whole thing work so part of my conversation with governor pete ricketts i'm susan littlefield on the rural radio network time for the midday business report here's bob brogan with the business report i'm bob brogan Stock indexes are mixed in tentative trading on Wall Street as a historic worldwide rally downshifts dramatically after just a day. The S&P 500 has been drifting between gains and losses after making a year's worth of gains in one day yesterday. So far, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is adding to yesterday's gains. Orders to U.S. factories for big-ticket manufactured goods rose by a solid amount in February. But the gain came before the coronavirus shut down much of the country. The Commerce Department says durable goods orders rose 1.2% last month. 
However, with all the shutdowns that have occurred as authorities try to deal with the coronavirus, economists are looking for weak reports in coming months. One of the nation's biggest health insurers is waiving patient payments for hospital stays tied to the coronavirus. CVS Health's Aetna says many of its customers will not have to make co-payments or other forms of cost-sharing if they wind up admitted to a hospital in the insurer's provider network. The White House and Senate leaders of both political parties have reached agreement on a $2 trillion measure to rush aid to businesses, workers, and a health care system slammed by the coronavirus pandemic. It's the largest economic rescue measure in history. The Senate is likely to pass the measure this afternoon. In the House, leaders hope to clear the measure for President Donald Trump's signature by a voice vote without having to call lawmakers back to Washington, but that may prove challenging. Ford is recalling more than 268,000 cars in North America to fix doors that could open unexpectedly or may not close. The recall covers the 2014 through 2016 Ford Fusion and Lincoln MKZ and the 2014 and 2015 Ford Fiesta. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Rogan. Here's your On This Date update for March 25th. The first Congressional Medals of Honor were awarded today in 1863 to six Union soldiers who hijacked a Confederate train. The Triangle Shirtwaist Factory in New York City burned down on this date in 1911, killing 145 workers, mostly women, who'd been locked inside. The tragedy spurred some of the first labor protection laws. And today in 1934, they played the first Masters Golf Tournament a man named Horton Smith was the winner. Born on this date? Singer Aretha Franklin, feminist Gloria Steinem, actor Sarah Jessica Parker, and... Singer-composer Sir Elton John. I'm Mitch Davis, and that's your On This Date update. Adapting to online learning. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting. Due to the ongoing pandemic, Nebraska Extension has canceled all in-person training, including chemigation and pesticide applicator training. Greg Puckett is a Nebraska Extension assistant. Each year during uh, our pesticide safety training season, which runs from approximately January to April, we have actually hundreds of in-person training sessions for private applicators. And then we also have uh, a number of in-person training sessions for commercial and non-commercial applicators. And so we were a good way through the training season, actually, when uh, the coronavirus situation sort of came upon us. Um, But we still had a number of sessions still to go. And so we we're forced to cancel those, um, and so now we are encouraging folks to move online to our online options to get their certification or recertification. In terms of the content, Greg, is everything that would be covered in the in-person sessions still taught online in that new in that new manner, so to speak? Uh, yes, more or less. You probably notice the m- most difference in the in the private. Uh, side of things um, because um, in those private sessions uh, we have 
extension educators out in the counties who are actually delivering those trainings and so they can put their own personal spin on it. Um, um, on the commercial side of things, it's going to be almost identical. Yeah, one of those things uh, folks will have to get done. Could you remind us, I know you mentioned the, the private applicator as well as the commercial side. Can you remind our listeners of who needs to go through that training as kind of a refresher? So a so private applicators are your farmers and ranchers who are uh, applying restricted-use pesticides um, on their own land in the production of an agricultural commodity. Um, and then uh, our commercial applicators are a lot more of a diverse group. They can be um, people working for a co-op. Um, they can be structural exterminators, um, people working for a school district or anything in between. Um, and usually the, those folks only need a license if they're using restricted use pesticides as well. Um, in some cases, like if they're going to be, if they're an exterminator and they're um, using products in people's residences and things like that, they need that license even for uh, general use products as well. Anything else uh, you'd like to add? Anything I missed uh, in terms of uh, the the uh, situation you guys are dealing with and how you're handling it? So with this situation, there, you know, the the CDC is discouraging uh, groups of more than ten people. Um, that's what the Nebraska state government is encouraging as well. And so um, under normal circumstances, first-time uh, commercial applicators would, they need to uh, pass their exams in the various categories that they need. And those exams need to be proctored by Department of Agriculture inspectors. And so they, they have actually put a stop on, on those exam sessions for the time being. And so... Those will have to be taken at a later time. And for more information, you can visit pested.unl.edu. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Ag Marketing in Chicago and, and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. John has decent close here across here, but really it's firing in those wheat markets on all cylinders. Is this some market fundamentals coming from the Black Sea where Ukraine's cold and Russia may be curbing exports? Well, I certainly think that any global uh, weather problems are going to push wheat, but you know, you've got a dynamic right now that uh, it, it's kind of owning commodities. I know we haven't seen in corn, and obviously the energies aren't part of it right now. But, um, you know, market like soy meal, anytime there's any, any, any instance where you're seeing supply tightness overseas, whether it's typically depending on U.S. markets, really more Western Hemisphere markets, you're, you're seeing those prices jump. So, uh, again, I think, nine, you know, 520, 530 is the, is the kind of target I have out there for uh, the July KC. You know, the, the game plan from the last few years, you sell it now. I, I'm not recommending everybody do that, in, uh, you know, as a team here. Individually, you got to do what's right for you. But selling into these, you know, bullish weather stories and bullish kind of economic stories that, um, you know, could typically give you a good price, that's been the plan. So we'll see if it'll happen this year. I think one big difference is you could be seeing a huge dollar dynamic change between now and, say, July when, you know, we've got trillions of dollars of surplus in the economy and we're starting to move again. I mean, that's, that's what everybody's pretty much getting bullish for right now. 
as we take a as we take a look here at the corn as well, starting to come back around. But we've got planting intentions coming out next week from USDA. Typically, that's one where we start to see corn get take a little bit of a hit. Could that happen again on this one? Well, uh, if you believe what they wrote in, at the end of uh, uh, February, you certainly could. But I think in the near term, here you got to be real careful with corn because you know it is ethanol is offline right now. So in the market is where it is. You know, I know, understand, like, every analyst in the world is going to line up side to side and say you should sell corn now. I mean, they could provide ample amounts of evidence to, to say that's going to be the ultimate outcome. But we still got to grow it. We still have to plan it. And I think the one thing that, that can change here rather quickly is if a price does spike. And I think, you know, we're, see, we're, we're poised here to jump. If we just need crude oil to get on board, um, and that can change quickly, too. So I, it's, it's just, the bear story is well written right now in corn. My my thought would be looking to play it the other way, but I, I, we could be down here till the end of end of April, you know. But I think by the time we get into this summer, I mean that old crop story is going to show itself. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at danielsagmarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investor. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Divinity Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.